This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew here with my guy Spencer. And Spencer, some of us had the week off this week in the in the middle of the week, and some of us had important business to get to out with Red Star Belgrade. But uh, how are you doing? Are you recovered from your your midweek trip here? I was just kind of hanging out. It was kind of nice actually, not to have anything to worry about. Yeah, I, I bet it was nice on the uh, beach there, Andrew, in the beautiful scorching Texas sun, like you were explaining to me before we got on, where it's still somehow 100 degrees. That is mind-boggling. 5.30 today when I got into my car. Just, yeah, that's a just insane. that's a struggle, big dog. I feel bad for you because like we've I, I've actually was um, talking the other day with somebody and I was like, I, I almost don't want to talk about how good our weather has been up here in St. Louis because yeah. it's been like... 70 to 80 degrees every day and very little rain for like the last three weeks almost a very uncharacteristically like early fall like we haven't had that random false fall 100 degree 100 degree day that like happens normally in september it's been very Mm -hmm. good i I don't want to talk about it i'm knocking on wood as i say this andrew but oh yeah it's been nice but it's tough struggle for you down in there in tejas my friend (laughs) Yeah, man, it's it's brutal down here. The worst is we got that first little like nice weekend. You talk about like you hit like the bad weekend where all of a sudden it's, you know, super hot again. Right here. Mm-hmm. We hit like the good weekend. And we're like, oh, my gosh, maybe this will be maybe it'll start cooling off. Like we get it the other way. It's even worse. It's, yeah, it's a worse fall. kind of tease. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The, the false fall is a terrorist attack that's like just goes against the entire United States. I feel like at times it's the worst <laughs> thing. I think like you can't give me a taste of like 60, 55 degree fall mornings and then throw a hundred to me like later that week. That's just, it's well, not even fair. just like I, the stray thought of like, Oh, maybe pants. Right. If you're like leaving the house for something, yeah, not happening, man. I took advantage of this weekend. I put pants on to go and do something. It was like, Hey, this is, this isn't bad, but <laughs> Just well, yeah, those hopes just dash, just gone. That's like, like Viking, funny you like say the that. Viking season and the Cubs oh. season and the Chelsea season just gone. But Oof. if you had the under two and a half minutes before Andrew got into Vikings talk, uh, that's a dub for very you. Very close. It's very, <laughs> very close. close. I thought we were pushing it, but um, Vegas took it. Off. Vegas is taking it off the board. I got to refund you. It's right there. It, <laughs> it is um it is so funny you say that about like the pants right and i we can move off the weather talk after this but like i i um had the fleeting thought like a week and a half ago of like hoodie and i was like quite like you know in my head hoodie question mark like maybe, maybe it's hoodie weather and I, I i threw the hoodie on and like walked outside and i was like nah this doesn't feel right yet, not so yet. we're not, not there quite yet, yet. It's it's yes. close in the morning time. There's been some brisk little like 52 degree mornings where I'm out there with shorts and a t-shirt on. I'm like a hoodie, but we, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for sometime mid-February to think about a hooded sweatshirt, but uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, before this becomes a podcast about weather, which is the least 
the least interesting thing I could think of. Um, let's get back even just kind of to kind of the opening thing I was referring to there. Some of us had good seasons last year with our uh, with our soccer teams, and we get to play special weekday soccer called it's the Champions League, I believe it. Am I saying it correctly? We've won I, it twice, so I should know. But Andrew, I I believe they it's haven't pronounced... changed it this year. The champions, <laughs> uh, which if you don't know what that was, uh, wow, look that up. It is a great rendition, Spencer. Um, but the reason we are generation. the reason we are here it it's oh, it's a song of generations past, I guess, for Chelsea. As we Chelsea do not get to participate this year after a subpar season last year, but that's not everybody. Some of us are, are going into Red Star Belgrade and just kicking the door down with emphatic uh, wins there. Is that, is that what you would say about your, uh, your boys, Spencer, to get this kicked off and looking at, a, looking at the Champions League? We'll start it off with City and kind of then roll to some of the more uh, competitive matches. Although I think it was, was it 1-0 at halftime or close to it there? Give you guys a little yeah, bit of a Andrew, scare. Andrew, this was... Um hairier than expected for city right um just a quick correct this was at um this was a home game for city right so it's oh, one nothing sure. sure but didn't feel like it right because um red star belgrade which look uh, first off hand up man in the arena for me i've been calling them fc spell check right because that's yes. their, 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 blah 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 they write it in their um, they write it in their native language on a lot of the official stuff and then it gets yeah. I, i'm with you too go ahead but i know exactly what I'm, you're talking about. this is a personal vendetta for me though right um that's bullshit in years past i will promise you i've watched draws i've seen red star belgrade drawn not that fucking bullshit i had no idea this was red star belgrade until like an hour before the match began andrew when i realized <laughs> that's what this club was i thought it was some random serbian team that i've never heard of before and i was questioning right, which happens my, right like yeah. teams go on these magical runs and like that's one of the great parts of soccer is like oh you're bored with what's going on with you in serbia they're having a crazy time but yeah this is one of the like blue blood teams for for that area of the world. Yeah, very familiar with Red Star Belgrade. Um, right. Not but when you get in with, with... Krivenia Zvezdzina, that's yeah, my that's best attempt, up. man. This is this is brought Somebody... to you by the uh, this is the guy who won't say Kvarchvelia's name. <laughs> this is this is a this is a personal attack on my guy Spencer. Yeah. We're playing who? Well, C- I'm just F- the bad guys. That's who we're playing. <laughs> I just jerks. I wanted to, I wanted to air that out, right? I've been calling him FC Spellcheck. That's bullshit. You can't change from Red Star Belgrade at the draws to like, oh, we're gonna go by our traditional name and nobody that speaks English pronounce it. Like that's that's not cool. So, you know, whatever. That's very anglophobic of me. I don't care. Um, anyway, though, game right. Difficult. This was like I said, kind of difficult for City. It was a little hairy. Um, obviously the one thing with champions league, like midweek, it's tough to watch these games sometimes from America, right in the middle of the work day. I missed the first half. I saw at halftime, it was one nil. Uh, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Turn it on for the second half and city Alvarez gets a brace. Rodri scores a third to kind of put it away. They see their way through this. And in the end, didn't end up being quite as hairy, but, um, the blood pressure was a little up there for a while, Andrew. 
It was, uh, I've, I've kind of told you earlier, I've had just the week from all hell, just busyness in the middle. These are on in the middle of the day, right? So it's hard to watch, especially if it's like, if it's not your team and you haven't set the time aside, right? It's really hard to watch in the middle of the day and to come home and like TiVo a soccer game, you know the score too. But no, they scored right before half, just enough for Pep to come and light a fire. And then, you know, we, re- we rebound with a Julian Alvarez double and a Rodri goal because he only scores big goals which is one of the funnier things I think of. It's just like, yeah, who's the most, who scores the most important goals for Manchester City? Is it Erling Holland? No. Is it KDB? No. Okay, well, it's got to be some of those wingers, right? No. He's usually standing in front of the defenseman, but, you know, when we need him, he pops up. He scores a lot. He's a great player. But I just think of, like, if you put it down as, like, the great City goals, right? It's like Aguero's, like, Aguero is, like, the most notable one, Right. I think you can maybe make an argument for that Vincent Company banger, right? And then I think it's like seven Rodri goals in a row. <laughs> yeah, he's like had this. Biggest goal. Yeah, he's he's got. I mean, it's everything you want in a midfielder, man. That's that's great. Yeah, he's had this surprising kind of renaissance of offense over the last six months or so. I'd say where it's it's really is a you know, degenerate that's on DraftKings all the time. It's very hard for me to like play city games. Cause I'm like, well, Rodri might score a goal, but I like one of my patented rules is like not to spend so much on a defensive midfielder and they always price him high, but he scores goals. And it's just, it's, it's killing me <laughs> in my profit seeking, but it's awesome for me as my fandom. So it's kind of the, the old emotional hedge of we're, good either way here either i get some money out of it or rodri's gonna just make me happy for the day because he's gonna score a goal for my team so i guess could be worse but yeah he's he's really been pitching in with the goals yeah it feels like even more since de bruyne went down for this team he's been really stepping up from that uh deeper role and kind of playing a little more forwards i don't know if he's actually i I wanted to kind of ask you about that do you think it's more that kdb's out he just moves forward up the pitch or is it a little bit more to this like three at the back box midfield thing that everybody talks about all the time because either one moves him up the field a little bit farther but I was wondering if you thought it was one versus the other more yeah I just I I think it's kind of just worked out where they're playing more of the two holding midfielders right where before it was like KDB is a 10 and he's basically got free reign to go wherever he want. And like last season when it was um, kind of Gundogan and Rodri being the holding midfielders, Gundogan was a bit more in that CM role, I guess you'd say where he's kind of involved in the offense. He obviously pitched in with goals and such. And Rodri was kind of really sucked back there as a shield mm-hmm. for that back uh, line. And this year it feels like he's kind of been able to step a little more into that role where that that Gundogan type role where he's a little more forward doing a bit more obviously I think this kind of coincides with the playing four center backs at the back like City do a lot of the time and having the hybrid John Stones type role where that person can kind of shield the back so Rodri's really seen his uptick in his offense since then I feel like but yeah, if I had to nail it down to one thing, it's probably that of just now he's able to get a bit more free reign, push a bit more up the field than he was in, you know, seasons past. And fair fair play. It's working out really well for City and for him personally. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's such a special player. Um, 
I love and hate to see him on your team because there's nothing better than a guy who steps up in a big game. And it's like, well, if the ball falls to Rodri, it's either going to be like safely taken care of on the back end or beautifully dispatched. Because he didn't even just score like Pokins. He like he'll score like a beautiful goal on you too. I think he's I think he's incredible. So so good. He is great. He's a big man chipping in some big goals for City. Um I think that's a perfect segue, Andrew. Yes, sir. We have to talk about another big man that scored a big goal in this UCL. Mm. Ivan Providel for Lazio oh. with the goalkeeper goal. The best goalkeeper yes, goal I have ever seen the... against Atletico Madrid. That was amazing, man. It was it was so smooth. So if you're following along here, Atletico Madrid and Lazio are playing, right? Atletico Madrid goes up early, and holy cow, are they not the team you want to seed an early goal to? Because nobody sits behind the ball and gets chippy like Atletico Madrid, right? It's their bread and butter. Diego Simeone runs, you know, that that's what that's what makes him live. He lives to play crazy defensive soccer with great offensive talent. So he was in heaven here after the 24th or the 29th minute goal. But Lazio, bring up, you're right, goalie Ivan Providel on the last kick of the game, 90th minute plus five. And he makes a run, back post, mid post, I'd say, kind of back post, but makes a really good run, right? An amazing run. And and it's a beautiful cross. It, it goes right to his forehead, and he has the calmest finish that, like, we've seen. And then his celebration, which is like, you know, this is the equivalent of like the Bartolo Colon home run if it was in the playoffs, right? Is what this is of just the unlikelihood of this happening. And he doesn't even celebrate it. He's just like, he runs around with a weird look on his face. Like he's about to hit the uh, the fish dive on FIFA. You know what I'm talking about? Where you <laughs> yeah, run a yeah. Bit the yeah, the dive. fucking play he's dead. pre-fish dive. Uh, yeah, play dead. <clears throat> and he just runs around for a little bit. And then, I don't know, I appreciate you bringing this up next because his like post game comments were like, "Yeah, I like to watch what uh what some of the strikers do, the way they move off the ball." And I knew he could put in a great cross, and you know, I just made a movement. He's like, "Are you playing the right position? Chelsea will throw ninety million dollars at you if you can head a goal in once a fucking month. Like, are you sure about you want to play goalie for Lazio? Like, we'll let you wear a different color. It's fine. We just need you up top, bud. Like, this is crazy. It was it was such a goal, and it was such a like." fun moment and then he was such a weirdo about it i love soccer man soccer <laughs> i had not it, leave it to you to make that connection i had not gotten there yet of like <laughs> wait a minute chelsea kind of needs a keeper and chelsea kind of needs a striker why don't you just like obviously the throwing 80 million at each thing isn't working very well for chelsea we'll get to them a little later find just, you one who can do both yeah, head and shoulders two and one, that motherfucker, and just get you one that can do both. <laughs> like, guys love the, like, ten and one body wash. Just get a guy that can do everything because that guy scores. I'm convinced of it watching that. He has scored a fuckload of goals in, like, Little League when he was playing growing up. And at some point they were like, you're tall, just be a keeper, dude. Like, they did what maybe people should <laughs> under Peter Crouch at some point in his career, I guess, of just, like, yeah, just put the tall guy between the sticks and it'll probably work. But, like, that, that <laughs> header, that run – that run was insane. If, if my striker Erling Holland made that run, I'd be like, "What a run by Holland that was!" Right, I, I would have gotten I brought was, up. We would have mentioned it for sure. I was so enamored. I, I've watched that video no less than four hundred times, Andrew. <laughs> well, and then like he just like talks about he's like, yeah, his, his response is basically like the uh, 
the American equivalent of like, yeah, no, we just, uh, that's what we saw on tape. And uh, yeah, we just went out there and executed it. He goes, yeah, that's what seems to work for a lot of the best strikers in the world. So I just went and did that. That's not your position, guy. Are you watching Thibaut Cotois film? Like, are you getting out like Peter Schmeichel tape and Peter Check just to make sure you're doing good in goal? Or like every night, are you just watching like Euro dubstep goal, like Olivier Giroud compilations? Like, what are we doing? Are you like, <laughs> I'd love if he had crazy hot takes. Like, yeah, Chris Wood's the best striker in the world. If you put him on the right <laughs> team, he'll dominate for you. Like, I don't know, man. I, I like this guy. I like him as a striker. I like him as a goalie. I like his eye for talent. I like him in the scouting department. I'm ready to turn over the whole team. Like, if he, if, <laughs> we need a little bit of life here uh, with the Chelsea contingent. But what a weirdo, man. I love soccer. Like, it's just, it's just such a weird sport. No other sport you get this many different groups of people. And then you get a guy we've never heard of, the goalie just scoring headed goals to uh, make uh, Diego Simeone sad. But um, any other ones we feel like we kind of need to talk to, there's a couple big games, um, but anything else you want to hit before we get the next, I would say kind of the last couple here are big. Yeah. I was just going to say, we could probably just um, rapid fryer through a couple of these, like, you know, maybe a quick thought on each of them, like Milan, Newcastle, you got anything on that, Andrew? Yeah, that nail, was the only thing finished. I had, like, 20 minutes to watch. It was so boring. Um, Milan <laughs> had, like, for a, for a team that's, like, Milan did not play well at the weekend. I think they lost, like, 5-1. They got wrecked. And then they come out here and they have, like, almost, it felt like all the possession. Newcastle started uh, started a long staff in midfield. So it's not like they were, you know, creatively, like, really pushing forward. Um, but... You know, the old adage is if you win your games at home and you can get a point or a draw on the road, right, you can probably get through your group. And so I can't really fault them, but it was for as excited for that game as I was like CBS sport. We talk about the CBS um, or Paramount puts together the official highlight packages and they will call anything a highlight, right? Any Any shot that's like, you know, comfortably to the keeper soft as all hell it's getting on the highlight package their their highlight video was barely over eight minutes that's very hard to do like that is a very kind of nothing game um yeah just scrolling through here the only one shorter is uh is funnily enough atletico madrid and lazio but that's probably because they got a longer uh interview with him after the game or something in its own video yeah there's a there's an eight very compilation have... of the goal just by itself that you can watch ten separately. Ten, ten different angles, right? Like ISO goalie cam. I'm sure you can Yeah, do. send me that link, though. <laughs> I'll watch it forever. <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, but, but yeah. yeah uh, huge, huge letdown from, like, you're finally in the Champions League after so long, and, like, this is what we're doing. We're parking the yeah. bus and trying to be smart about it, but just no life from them. It was, like, it was a frustrating game of, like, uh-oh, is Newcastle something we should worry about maybe here? Yeah, I, I kind of took this as, um, look, it was boring, right? It, it, it wasn't that fun. It was that earlier game, too, that day. So it kind of was, I mean, it had the one other game. I can't remember. Was it Young Boys Leipzig maybe at the same time as it? But this was obviously the big drawing point for that earlier window. It stunk. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it was boring. Um, but, yeah. I, I think my actual text to you was, <laughs> look who told uh 
look who told uh, UEFA how to schedule something. Look, we got the primary game early, and then we got the PSG Dortmund game late. Like, you don't even have to miss anything. It's all, it's not yeah. happening all at the same time. Yeah, it was and, nice for them to kind of figure that out a bit for sure. But um, yeah, I, I think we're, we're more Anglo-centric, obviously, on this podcast at times. Um, for Newcastle, not the end of the world, right? You go away to San Siro, you get a point. Uh, your first game back in the Champions League in a long, 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 long time. I think they'll be fine. That's you. You can't. You can't win the group on the first day, but you can knock yourself out of contention by having a really bad result there. So I think they got to be happy. Milan obviously was in the semifinals last year. This competition. Big nothing burger for me, I think, just honestly, at the end of the day. It's whatever for both teams. For sure. Yeah, um, just, just just disappointing. You want more out of the first big game too, right? It's like when the first Thursday night football game is bad, you're just like, oh, come on, guys. We were all watching. We all wanted it to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, from a consumer standpoint, kind of sucks. But what can you do? That's yeah. the game sometimes, Andrew. But You know, when you don't have a dog in the fight – you really grasp onto what's going to be the most fun game to watch, so it lets you down that much more when it uh, when it doesn't go in. But you know, that's what that's what I'm here for this season. Disappointment. We will. To be fair, we will get to um, in a moment here after <laughs> we talk about PSG Dortmund quickly. We'll get to a game that was fun with lots of goals as neutrals. Yeah. Or I guess you can call us neutrals if you don't think we just despise Manchester United. But we're <laughs> we're putting the we're putting the carriage. Putting out, we horse. know we know it's right there. Don't think we're. <laughs> ignoring them in a weird way we're we're saving them yeah we're saving them we're we're getting there we're getting there real quickly psg as much Dorman, as their I horribly ugly jerseys made me want to completely ignore them we will talk about them but somebody who's not completely ugly killing mbappe penalty 49th minute hakimi scores a second 10 minutes later and psg take this one against Dortmund. any real any real thoughts on this one i i wasn't super locked into this one yeah, again, another one that was kind of tough to watch. I was um, paying a bit more attention to City during this, if I'm being honest, because uh, I'm Seems a bias asshole. But, but keeping tabs on it, kind of looking here and there, watched highlights of it, obviously. Um, yeah, it seemed like PSG was pretty comfortable in this one. I mean, Dortmund kind of did the Dortmundy thing of trying to counter and um, – had some good ones, but yeah, PSG felt pretty comfortable in this game to me. That's really all I had on it, Andrew. Yeah, you, you want fireworks from a game like this. Um, and you wonder if like last, how much more fun this matchup would have been last year, right? When you have guys like Bellingham and that kind of thing and um, Neymar, Messi. You know, like we're, we're actually missing more people from this game, right, in my head than we are, than we actually have. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like you look at it, you look at the lineup and you go, Oh, okay. That'll be great. And then you look at the roster and you're like, Oh yeah. They all left. Like the most, the most exciting, like outside of Mbappe, the most like interesting four other players from this game last year are just not here. Right. Yeah. And that's like, this is the first reminder of like an international league. It's like, Oh yeah. People are figuring some stuff out. People are, uh, it's a different word we live in. Guzman Dembele plays for PSG. You know, good to, good to know. Good to remember. Something we were all super aware of before the game started. Yeah, it was a good reminder of, like, I, PSG, we didn't talk about them until, like, transfers. They did, like, a lot of business, I remember looking up when we were doing our, like, transfer um, recap show. 
And it was mm-hmm. just like, they signed so many people. And I like, don't remember barely any of these, like they just quietly did a ton of business, but nonetheless, um, I guess when Neymar and Messi leaving are as noisy as they are, some things slip between the cracks. That's probably what that club needs though, is to just yeah. fade into the shadows a bit, not be the biggest news story in the soccer cycle for a year and see if that approach works for them because the super crazy transfer and everybody and just spend all the money thing has not worked very well. well. Even, even the guy they have on the team, the biggest story is him leaving, right? And that's Mbappe. Like, yeah, the, the guy, right? The best one of two players in all of soccer right now, right? Like, the only thing people have talked about him in the last three months is when is he joining Madrid, right? And they're mm-hmm. putting a clock on it and that kind of thing. So, you know, you got Colo Muani, Dembele, uh, Manuel Ugarte, Skinner plays for this team. Like, it was a lot of like, oh, yeah, like, in a different world, we'd be very excited about this PSG team, right? But last year, this was so much more flashy that it's hard to, like, kind of get up for it. You know, for like, sure. I, I think in a couple months, who knows, right? But right now, a 2 win, two no win versus Dortmund seems good, uh, right, the ship. But uh, Spencer, I, I think it's time, buddy. Um, Manchester United lose four to three four to three against Bayern Munich the gem of the early slate or of the early first round of games right day two everybody's looking forward to it and what what I have a takeaway from this what was your takeaway from this game um, my main takeaway is that Casemiro was terrible and still somehow scored two goals, <laughs> two goals, <laughs> which was like crazy. Like I actually, like if you watch the game, he was like horrifying, but scored twice. So that's cool. I guess when your defensive midfielder can't like stop a nosebleed, but he scores two goals, I guess that's, yeah, they call, they call game. that the reverse Rodri because it looks like a game <laughs> Rodri might have, but it wasn't at all like a game Rodri would have. Yeah. Yeah, the um, when you look at the box score, you're like, oh, like defensive mid chipped in two goals must have been a good day. And it's like, no, if you watch right. the tape, and then you look run, at who it is, like back. Casemiro. You know, he comes, he shows up in big games. He's a big game player, and uh, this game was over like three different times, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I my takeaway from this game is this is the worst game Manchester United have played in the last week, and that's not a. Um, that's not a uh un- that's not a crowded or that's not a uh, easy thing to say but i think this is the worst game they played in the last week yeah i, I think i agree I, I think the 4-3 was very flattering to them like this yes. did not feel like a close that score line like i said you look at the box score you're like oh you see some good things for united i don't think it felt that way watching it right it felt like um munich had kind of comfortably like you said, won this game a few times over. Um, yeah. Went up 2 0. Musiala is still dribbling against a Manchester United team. They still <laughs> haven't stopped him even one time. Yeah. The Energizer Bunnies just keeps going, 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 I'm pretty sure. But like, uh, Munich go up 2 0. Hoyland gets his first goal for United, pulls that one back. Kane, like, got a penalty, or they Kane converted a penalty. They won shortly after that, 3 1. And then. The ghost of Casemiro popped up for a late goal in the 88th <laughs> before Matias Tell scored and um, Casemiro another one like right at the death. But yeah, it's just it's like like you said, it's it wasn't th- this was not 
four to three is incredibly flattering they looked like garbage man like i i mean and part of it's easy to excuse because byron i think looked really pretty comfortable they just looked comfortable right like byron did not look bothered with anything man united were doing they didn't look worried about it um outside of like the only thing like threatening i feel like united did the whole game was that like bruno fernandez free kick because i think it would have killed anybody if it didn't go off of casemiro's leg um but seriously just not at all were like this they they treated this like a mid-level bundesliga game yeah no go out there have fun guys score some goals you know if they score it's fine we don't want to do that but you know just go score again if they score just make sure we win you know yeah be home be home by supper that kind of thing right like don't be late be home by five okay mom yeah, yeah we'll be fine i i love that analogy by you it fe- it felt like a game that like like a, like a bundesliga saturday where they're playing like ingolstadt and the game's just getting a little away from them like oh well they scored let's just go get another real quick and like <laughs> Oh, it happened again. I guess we'll score another one. Like, yeah, I did have that feel to it of just yeah. like playing with their food almost with United, which for a club of United guess stature, we, guess we right? have to turn it back on. Here we go. <laughs> for for a club of United stature, that's you know not the look you're gonna want. Like, you don't they, they they've had an uneven start to the season, right? It's been well documented. We're gonna talk about their Premier League uh, fixture over the weekend here after this, but. That's a club that we've talked about. Their fans believe that they are still one of the best teams in the world, and they're they just the aren't playing like it, man. They're, they're, they're the Yankees. Yankees. They're they're the New York Yankees. Congratulations of the on the '90s. Derek Jeter is David Beckham, and I don't want to hear anything different about it. You're both overrated and not the best at your position, but you know, great job wearing those. Great job being drafted by a team or coming up in their youth system. So you did it. There you go. Um, good, very good players, but you know, <clears throat> who's the greatest shortstop of all time? I can tell you who I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think it's Derek Jeter, right? You can make an argument for most people, but <clears throat> you know, if he did all that in Cleveland, nobody would be that concerned, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a bigger rant against Derek Jeter that I didn't even know I had until I started talking right now. So we're going to put that away as I haven't really thought about it too much, but like, <sighs> iron look look good they look comfortable in this game and they didn't honestly like do you think they had to wash their their jerseys after the game like they were really tired or do you think they kind of just like eh, we'll spray some febreze on it hang it up in the closet and yeah we can you know, we can just we'll, wear, we'll wear it out again next weekend i'll throw it in the dryer before i go right but you know it's not dirty yeah it's just, not dirty yeah it's like a pair, yeah, of, just like a pair of jeans like these aren't i'm not gonna wash these They're yeah fine. the old like throw it in the dryer with a like dryer sheet in there like it freshens it up we're all good right, here. 15, like, 15 minutes get right, the wrinkles just, out you know, yeah, the little exactly. uh quick dry the little like yeah i think i mean i think my <laughs> dryer has like a setting on it. it's literally like de-wrinkle and it's like 15 minutes D- done perfect but um yeah look i i think as we transition kind of the premier league here like ucl just kind of closing it out things are going to get easier for united this was the hardest fixture in their group right away at bayern like they have Copenhagen Galatasaray also in this group. Right. They're probably going to be fine. I wouldn't be. Oh, but if they're not, yet. oh, it will be. If they're not, then we're going to get a it lot of content so out of this team this beautiful. year, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> more than we already are. More than we have. More content that we have out of them. It's hard to imagine, but for the first time in forever, Manchester United, I believe in you. 
You can do it. Oh, you can get kiss more of content. Death. <laughs> yeah, my 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 belief in the team is nothing's more potent. Um, just a couple other things that you know we should mention. Um, Real Madrid kind of survive a scare with a late Bellingham goal, who continues to be the best striker in the world, apparently. Um, <clears throat> uh, Arsenal handled business against PSV. That was never really in doubt. Four nothing and Barcelona, Spotify United, five nothing versus Antwerp. So I don't know who they had to bribe to get that draw, but they were. Uh, they were pretty, they looked very good. Joe Felix yes. scores twice for them, which, you know, remember whose team he's on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> so quickly before we just get out of there, I, I just, you said Barcelona just jogged my memory of, I saw a quote from, um, you know, my favorite player, Joe Cancelo of like, Manchester oh, yeah. City is so successful, but when ba- Barcelona comes calling, you have to go, and it's like, buddy, we kicked you out. Like, <laughs> what were I, you doing I, in Germany? What were those six <laughs> months when when Bar- when Barcelona comes calling? You go to Germany for six months because you can't like. It's like him and his girlfriend broke up, but they still had a lease, and he didn't really think it through. He's like, yeah. oh shit, I really don't have anywhere to live until May, but I already broke up with her. Fuck, what am I gonna? You know what? Go I'm stay at my German cousin's house. I'm going to stay at my cousin's place. Will that be cool? And, you know, he, he overstayed his welcome there, too, as most house guests do. Um, and now he's happily in Barcelona until they want to get rid of him or he outstays his welcome. But, you know, it's probably it, – it's not you. It's them, Zhao. It's yeah. everybody else. I just, Couldn't be you, buddy. You're I just had to add that star. in. Uh, because last, that, that last, quote last when I saw thing. it, come on. Last, last, last thing, and this kind of transitions to the Premier League. Did you see all the nonsense about Tottenham having a buyback clause? Oh. I don't know if it's true or not, but Daniel Levy is out. Oh, we have a buyback clause. No, you fucking don't, man. Show me the paperwork where you have a buyback clause from Bayern Munich, and it's not $500 million. Maybe I missed that he actually does have it. Like I said, I've been crazy busy at work, but there's no shot. And then he had another quote where he says he would sell part of his ownership to be able to like afford buying him back. That's a dumb move, bud. What are you doing? Like, yeah, all we have to do to, uh, to get my car back, all I have to do is mortgage my house. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, you guys are having the a old... kind of fun opening season, and Daniel Levy's just like, oh, did we play today? That's cool. Harold, I miss you. Come home, yeah, Harold. Dan- it's like, you sold him, man. You haven't even gotten all the payments yet. What are we talking about? Yeah, Daniel <laughs> Levy with just the, you know, sell the farm to buy a pig approach. That's going to work really yes. well for him. But um, yes, yeah, I, I did. Cut your face. We did it. <laughs> I I did see that. Um, I believe the Wonders for Richarlison's uh, confidence, which that guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you, hope yeah, you had a nice weekend, Richarlison. The chicken Don't man look at Twitter. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, the the official report I saw was that they do have some sort of clause. It's believed to be a right of first refusal for like if Chelsea came in to try to buy Harry Kane, they could and like we're like we'll give you two hundred million and Bayern accepted it. Tottenham would be like, well, we'll give you two hundred million, but Tottenham's not. And then and then they'd be like, and where would that two hundred million be coming from? And they'd be like, shit, they called our bluff. Uh, we'll throw you uh, Richarlison. That's got to be a hundred million, and they're just like, nope. Um, <laughs> so how would they, how would that'll they be get fun to see how that plays We have yeah. we've cloned James Madison eight times, so we do have two hundred million. It's like 
I just don't believe you, man. Chelsea will pay that. If he's wearing Brighton, it'll be if he's wearing a Brighton jersey, you can get four hundred mil. We're pretty easy to trick, but I digress. Um, do we want to go from one United different uh, horrible performance to another? Just straight into it. Just keep the United beef rolling here. Might as well. We gave him a nice little like three minute break, United fans of you yeah. Know, we had going have... into Tottenham talk, but yeah, right, we're right back. You, Let's after, go right. Remember back you guys there. didn't sign Harry Kane. So it's not even really, you know, a compliment to you as Harry Kane scored against you and you guys didn't want to, you know, pay the money to sign him. But um, the way I want to transition into this is you tell me, I'm going to read you a group of goal scorers, Spencer, and you tell me which group is more um, intimidating, okay? Which, Mm -hmm. if you're playing against either group A or group B of players, which one are you more afraid of? Okay. On on, On category one, we have... Danny Welbeck, Pascal Gross, and Xiao Pedro. In category two, we have Leroy Sané, Serge Gnabry, Harry Kane, and Matthias Till. Now, is one of those teams more scary than the other? Which one? Um, You know, subjectively, just hearing the names and not seeing mm-hmm. them in those white and blue striped jerseys, I'd go with <laughs> Group B. Group B. And, you know, what, what those two groups have, you might be like, hey, what do those two groups have in common? Um, those are everybody, all seven people who've scored against Man United in the past week. That's a lot of goals. That's a touchdown. You never want to give up a touchdown's worth of goals in a week. It's bad. Plus an extra point. <laughs> Plus an extra Yeah, you're right. Plus an extra point. But nevertheless, Man United did it. Um, what are we – I mean, taking nothing away from Brighton, but is this a bigger win for Brighton or a more troubling sign for Man United. Where where are we feeling right now in the uh, in the EPL? Where are we where are we feeling this season going? Here's the big problem for United, I, and I believe very much so. This is a bigger indictment of United than it says anything. Like great win for Brighton. Uh, yep. We'll get into them in a minute. This this is I think a compliment in itself to Brighton and an indictment into Manchester United. This didn't surprise me. I kind of expected this, Andrew, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, I kind of expected when I turned those games, like that was in the nine o'clock window we talked about last week, um, dual screened it with city. And uh, by the way, flashback, I tried out the uh, goal zone. Not bad. I think you you converted me. It's the best of a bad situation. Correct. They were running goal zone. They were the main broadcast was that United Brighton game. So I was watching it that way. I'm a fan. I think I'm converted, but nonetheless, when I kicked those both on, I was like, I think Brighton's going to go into Old Trafford and win today. And that's exactly what yeah. happened in somewhat emphatic fashion. Like, I think Brighton early on didn't do a ton in the game, but once they scored, scored again then, and then it's like United was just out of it. They had a late one when it was 3 nothing to rescue it, but this was a shit-kicking, Andrew. Yeah. It was a shit-kicking. This was a shit-kicking. Um, yeah, it, like, the the... The greatest trick the devil ever did was convincing you it didn't exist, right? I'm paraphrasing the hell out of that because I can never get a quote correctly or correct at all. Anybody who knows me knows I will paraphrase the shit out of it. But Brighton are going to make probably Chelsea, but maybe anybody else, pay like $100 million for Evan Ferguson and like $80 million for Zhao Pedro. And they're going to start Danny Welbeck again next year, and he's still going to be their best striker. Right? Like that that those those things are going to happen. Right? Danny Welbeck, who's played on every team in the whole world, 
like just is so good. He's just so good, man. Tariq Lampy, two assists, you know, former Chelsea guy. Um, early shout for one of my favorite new names of the year is the Simon Adingra. They were saying Adingra was all over the place. I was mostly listening to this game while I was working, and there's like an Adingra on the ball over on the left, and Adingra winning the ball back there. I'm like, what a great name, man. Like solid name. That aside, and absolutely playing like just you know, if Byron play off the pitch, right, and you lose by one, there's a lot of and like Onana. Like the only thing I guess we didn't talk about with the Byron game was Onana had a couple of hollers, man. It was really bad, um, but he took responsibility for it. I actually kind of like what he said there. He had some nice things to say about, yeah, I let the team down. We win today if it wasn't for me. That's not true, Onana. They just kept would have scoring goals because they're crazy, and you guys are bad. But the just the way Brighton just bossed them off the pitch, man. If Brighton didn't win this game, I think Deserby kills them in the locker room, right? You can't let a le- I think he says to them like you can't let a lesser team take points from you guys. We're trying to be competitive here, and that's at Manchester United that the Brighton coach would be mad at Brighton for not achieving what they should do. But of course they handle business. Man United put up literally almost no resistance and uh, got walked over again. Yeah. That's like we said, I I just think that's the craziest thing is that's just where we're at. And I don't think it's, I don't think anybody should be surprised by this. And um, you know, this is our new reality that we live in, in the premier league, I guess. But um Hey, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy it. I'm a City fan. but um, No, no, no. And, little... and, yeah, we're running a little bit long here. <clears throat> but Brightner yeah, just... is so much fun to watch, man. Yeah, they are fun. I They're they're definitely in contention with um, West Ham, we'll talk about in a second, as like side piece of the year. So, um, you know, I'm a little floozy when it comes to who my actual side piece is I'm settling on, I guess. But um, <laughs> let's just kind of rapid fire, run through a few of these quick couple thoughts on each. Um, and then we'll get to, you know, your affinity <laughs> and oh. how your heart's being ripped out weekend. Yeah, we'll save that yeah, yeah. for last. Um, let's go city, United, <laughs> city, city, United, city, West Ham, uh, three, one city win at the London stadium. You have any thoughts on that one before I have my obligatory two minute rant on it? Um, I think the James Ward Prowse goal was the best goal. I think that was the goal of the season so far. I don't think you can talk me into anything else. I don't care if there's a goal that I missed that, cross to his head was beautiful um and then it went then it didn't go as well for west ham um but like i didn't think a header would be my favorite james ward prowse goal this year as he's already seemingly got like 10 goals and two you know most of them are beautiful crosses and fucking shots from free kicks but that was i mean say what you want about all your dribbly boys here you got a bunch of them but james ward prowse man what a signing is he the signing of the season so far? I think like I think so far I I would probably go with him there. He's been so it's good him or Mount. Not Mason Mount, you don't think? Okay, uh, was that that was a joke, I, I, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Those are jokes, as are okay. most Chelsea players, past and present. Um, <laughs> I I laughed and I was like, oh, that's funny. And I looked at you, you had a serious face. And I was like, oh, you are joking, right? We, not, we did not is. just kill all our tired. journalistic credibility, did we? <laughs> Your boy is tired. <laughs> but um, but no, the, the 
Ward Prowse goal was nice. I like the Selly too, where he did like the he oh. he pulled back for the golf swing so hard, and then he like stopped halfway through and kind of gave it to the fans. And I was like, you know, sitting on my couch like, "Fuck you!" But that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how I felt when felt when Lucas Paqueta danced on Chelsea's grave like three weeks ago. I was like, "God, man, I would hate you if this wasn't so cool." <laughs> I'd be furious so, if you weren't salsing on my heart. Yeah, here we are. Um, City observations for me. Um, I'm in love with Jeremy Doku. I'm enamored with the signing for City. He's so different compared to like what they've had. He's like Riyad Mahrez except faster and not left-footed. Those are the two things I think about when I think of Riyad Mahrez, to be honest with you, that he's not as fast and he's left-footed. Yeah. Like, so I, maybe, I need a, maybe I need a different draw of what Raheem Mahrez is, but. Doku's I'm, nasty, man. I, I the, will agree with dribbles. you. Dribbles. He's he's so fast. He dribbles so well. The first goal he scored in the game to uh bring it back to one one after City gone down, like right after like literally it felt like seven. I hadn't even I hadn't even like settled in. Like I, I think I'd like come back downstairs with like another coffee I didn't, and I didn't like, even want a goal. Yet. It was too early. I didn't even want one yet. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those where I wasn't even ready for it, but it was amazing. Like, he's just, he's so fast. He dribbles so well. He's just something so different compared to most of the wingers on this team. I love it. I'm enamored with this signing, Andrew. Um, That's my big observation. Otherwise, I just, I love that the boys fell back early, came back, rallied, had a great second half. It's, this team's mentally, I've talked about this before. I, had a lot of scar tissue with this team folding in big situations. This team over the last like year has become so mentally tough and having that Real Madrid, dare I say, feel of just like they're going to figure this out. So in a different part about the Yankees, just because we're talking Yankees, apparently this podcast, beating City feels a little bit like pre-Red Sox era when a team would beat the Yankees. Like, how did they manage that? Well, they won't get them over a full season, right? They won't get them over a seven-game series, right? You got Musina tomorrow, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Like, how are they ever going to beat them? And that's kind of like that mystique, that Real Madrid, right? That, like, Steelers in the 80s. It's kind of getting that feel of, like, if you beat them, you know, to to, to paraphrase another great movie, right? If you score on uh, Tridiac, keep the puck, right? <laughs> you take points oh. off of Manchester City this year. Keep the puck, oh, man. Keep Andrew, the puck. you're you're speaking to my heart with the talkie talk, the the, the Trediac talk. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Vyaroslav Trediac. Think about Reddy. Coming on, come on. Listen, Michigan might be the second best goalie in the world, but it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> you got Jimmy Craig on. You ever seen Jimmy Craig when he is in the right mood? Oh. Herb Brooks. <laughs> shout out um, to Minnesota. Shout out to St. Cloud State. Let's go, baby. But. Uh, we can put City's game to bed then. Um, otherwise, quickly. Like they are the Premier Arson- <laughs> Title over. Yes. Great. Um, <laughs> Good concept. The challengers to City here, probably the biggest one we'd say is um, still Arsenal at this point. They ground out a 1-0 in this game. This was a funny one because it was on Sunday. Um, I watched like the first half, saw it. Or not even the first half. I saw some of the first half. It was no, no, getting ready for football. I'm as we've stated a degen, so I'm sitting here putting in like a hundred DraftKings lineups in the morning on Sundays. So um, mm-hmm. not paying much attention. Went over to our buddy's house to like turn on Red Zone, and as he turned on the TV, like 
he it, it automatically went to that and it was like a 60 something minute and it was still nil nil and i was like what the fuck like that's awesome i'm not gonna Whoa. watch to see what happens but <laughs> because the, the red zone countdown is at like one minute and 30 seconds but exactly. that's cool i'll but, check it out later yeah you get but, it's one of those like oh am i gonna have to like keep track of this on my phone in case something crazy right. happens i mean maybe not but maybe well and no then, craziness trossard well, scored in the 69th minute arsenal one nil ground out Good victory. I mean, that's one of those just tricky games that happens against. I mean, City had one a few weeks ago in Sheffield United away. Yeah, like weird, weird those games. Are, those are the games tricky, good teams you know? win. Yes, those, those are, like exactly. those are the games good teams win. Um, and I know it's a little early, but that does uh, translate right into Chelsea's nil-nil draw with Bournemouth. But do we want to talk about Spurs resurrecting themselves from the dead here? Because this game, yeah. I thought this is a game I thought was over. My God. yes. This is this falls in the category of like what I said about JWP earlier of like they kicked this on goal zone at the end because it was in that nine o'clock window was awesome like unobjectively yeah. awesome to like see a comeback like that. Um, Andrew, I was in seventh place in a DraftKings lineup. Those like two goals <laughs> they scored, I fell out of the money because I had Sheffield no. United's keeper. <laughs> so he's just, oh, I went no. from getting a clean sheet and winning several hundred dollars to winning not a penny. <laughs> there you go. So That's I hated that. So maybe, maybe you should talk about it because I'm biased and I hated every second of it. <laughs> well, yeah, it, well, it was one of those like, like, okay, spur, spurs, spursiness aside, right? You look at it and you go, oh, 73rd minute uh, Hamar Hammer, however you say his name, for Sheffield United scores a I think it's a pretty nice goal if memory serves. Doesn't it go top corner, right? I think it's a pretty nice goal unless I'm getting it mixed up because he's had a couple, I think, already this year. Um he's a really good championship player. Um and he's signed him, he's been good for them, right? But 73rd minute, you go, uh oh, Spurs, you guys are falling apart. You've had kind of this fun start, but you lost in the uh then they lose in the FA Cup, right? Like it's it's been fun but it's been a little bit up and down right are we gonna start to trend down a little bit puts on richarlison right subs him in scores off a corner and then just makes it work man they just make it work kulisevsky your your swede there finds the back of the net and it all works out it all works out except for my bank account but yes um... well hey you win some you lose some i'm losing a lot lately but what can you do um one last thing before we get into chelsea talk uh i will just say don't have anything on the game they won three nothing three to one at wolves liverpool you have my attention you're in the title race i just say that i know i know zach's listening zach you 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 have my attention i I, well hold on side question do you think zach and brandon are speaking after this liverpool wolves contest Right. I mean, those yes. are two of our best friends. Do you think this has harmed, you know, their feelings hurt? That's a good we point, Andrew. Had, we may have to reach not, out. Make sure everything's you say that, the, um, the group chat's, group chat's been, been a little you know, dead. So, I've been super so busy. So I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I can't I can't say, you know, it is or isn't. Group chat's been a little bit dead lately. but Yeah, I, I wonder what Zach actually meant when he replied to Andrew, when he replied to uh Brandon earlier and said, depending on which third world country, I could be convinced, not going to lie. What does that mean, Zach? Answer for us. Hold on. Before we do anything else, just a super dangerous game to play, my friend, of reading out the group chat. Let's never start this. This is a bad segment to have. 
is a bad segment <laughs> to have um, where we start reading out the group chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to stop at that one. We're going to stop yeah, yeah, at that Yeah, that was one. a one time only. If you enjoyed the segment, uh, it's never coming back of what's <laughs> going on in the Natty Light Delight group chat. Um, not a thing, man. Real quiet. Business talk. Um, well, speaking of real quiet, Andrew, we have to do it now. Real quiet oh, is Chelsea's offense. Yes, they don't do is. anything. And just, you know no. what? Free form, Andrew. I'll so just, here... I set the scene. I'm going to set the scene. Z- nil, nil. Scene. Yep. We talked about on our like preview of the game last week of being like, mm-hmm. oh, these are the tricky games, like hidden away, like kind of a trap game. It turned out to be every bit of that. Unfortunately, we're just so smart. We were right, Andrew. And <laughs> for your uh, yeah. feelings, that sucks. No, no, well, Bournemouth, Andrew. Scene set. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um. Well, sometimes when two pretty bad teams play, the game's pretty bad. Um. The Chelsea played... Chelsea were the better team for most of the first half and a little bit in some of the second half. I would say more more than half, they were the better team. But they just didn't have any of that spark. I think it's kind of like this is the kind this is the time of the year for the Premier League and like I think like the next two weeks for NFL football, where as a fan, you have to kind of come to terms with what your team is, right? Um because you have to kind of set yourself up for how you're going to handle the rest of the year if you're a sicko like we are, right? So with Chelsea, I'm having to start thinking about, well, realistically, they've, you know, they've got an 11 who are injured who would maybe outplay the 11 who are on the field, right? That's not their fault. Maybe it is. But, you know, when you got guys like Nkunku, Lavia, Noni Madueke is a late scratch, Badishile, Wesley Fofana, Reese James, and this is just off the top of my head. Like, I'm not looking at a list here, right? Those are just the guys off the top of my head. Those are the guys who aren't playing, right? Those are That's maybe the list of guys who would step into 90% of other Premier League teams, right? Like, I think anybody on that list, you can reasonably maybe make that assumption of they would start for most teams on a given day. So can we really be mad when the subpar group, you know, doesn't quite have it doesn't quite finish um sterling was fine enzo was uh they basically they man marked him out of the game um which he's an elite player so i you know you kind of i'm stuck between two thoughts of well if you're really an elite player right you can't just get man marked out of a game right um just because bournemouth shows up and puts you know some dude who looks like he should be an accountant on you doesn't mean you should not contribute to the game. Um, Gallagher played okay. Um, but you know, no Caicedo also another guy not playing last week. Um, so what are you, am I really going to be mad at this super injured team for underperforming? No. Am I going to be happy? They salvaged a point. Absolutely not. Like you don't get any credit for tying with Bournemouth, right? You get a point and I would, maybe just argue that you don't even deserve that point, right? Like Chelsea should beat Bournemouth, right? Um, to be fair to Bournemouth, it wasn't even a very good Bournemouth game, right? Like we've talked about this before and Bournemouth were scrappy as all hell last year, right? They were they were tough to break down and their back line was good. I thought Max Aarons played well, but like, you know, you can't just, oh, well, what happened? Well, they started Lewis Cook in the midfield. So what are we going to do? You have $500 just hanging around in the midfield, man. Like, you have Enzo Fernandez, 
and Connor Gallagher and Leslie Ugachukwu, any of those guys start for the other team. Like, there's no like, – we're past the point of excuses, and it's kind of just the coming to terms of I would love if these guys would come back healthy and we could kind of turn it around, but I don't know that that seems likely. It's a little more just of a somber depressant, right, than it is like a fiery, like, what are we going to do? Ah, you know, we've done the things we were going to do. Now we're here. It's, uh, Sorry, I just blacked out for five minutes. No, it's yeah. <laughs> like I said, I was just I set the scene. I was just good. That, that was basically me, like you know, the old cars you used to have, like where you would like wind them up and then they'd go across. That was me winding you up and just let him go and just this is our podcast, free form for you. You're look, buddy. Uh, let me just lay it out for everybody. Uh, I, you're in hell. It's hell. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, this is this is the coming to terms. This is the acceptance level of like grieving this entire season being over. Like, like just tough. I, I do want to ask you. Like, yep, I'm here for it. Look, I, I'm, I'm I try to be your support system. I got to give you a little grief here sometimes, though. Like, how much money do you think this team would have to spend to like finish in the top four? I, I like that's the thing. It's like okay. If everybody was healthy, there's no chance we don't finish in like the top six, right? And that's accounting for Chelsea just being a general shit show, right? But like Nkunku, great player. Enzo Fernandez, great player. Sterling on his day this year has been a very good player, right? I, I may, I, I <laughs> my brother and I, shout out to Braden. Um, I wrote out every player I think is a world-class or possible world-class player. And like 90% of them aren't playing, right? When you don't, like, Malo Gusto is a fine backup. I think he played well, right? When you don't have Reese James, you don't have Reese James. You don't have the best right back in the world, arguably, on his day. And you can't fix that. You can only ever plug that hole. You're not going to stop taking on water as a team. We're doing that at like six different positions. But go on. Yeah. Yeah, I just think my argument for... Chelsea, I think the biggest indictment here, Andrew, is just that they've spent all the money they have. Maybe it's in Cuckoo. I will give you that. Maybe it's in Cuckoo. He comes in and he, you know, lights the league on fire. We've seen him score goals for Leipzig, certainly. But, um, mm-hmm. like, I just I, – you you look at the team and I'm still like, where are the goals going to come from? Like, Nicholas Jackson, I think we've talked about him in the past. I think he's scrappy. I think he's does some good things. He does not seem – like you said, we're kind of having our like realization of what teams and players are. Like we're at that, you know, we're past that first mile marker. We can start drawing some conclusions, I think, factually at this point. The finishing doesn't seem like it's all the way there for Nicholas Jackson. So you no. look at it and it's just like for all the money, it's just it's crazy to me that the I still look at that team and I'm just like, where who's gonna score the goals here? Like it's great to have bounce scoring and stuff, but you need that guy that can step up, I feel like, and it's just – it seems like a misappropriation of funds to have spent <laughs> as much as they did in some positions. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I can't <laughs> to argue not that. To have that guy. At, that, at this point, you can just start putting people into boxes of, like, smart money or dumb money, right? And like mm-hmm. anything, the more you spend, the harder it is for it to be smart money, right? Like, of their super crazy expensive purchases – I think the only one you can call smart money spent was Enzo Fernandez because he's actually played well on the field and he's actually been on the field, right? Mudrik, 
no matter if you think that if that dude ends up being a world class player, that'd be great. But right now, when you spend a hundred million on someone, the only acceptable outcome is immediate world class player, right? They're and in the past they'd kind of spent the money as like dumb money, right? We're gonna bring in Koulibaly. We're gonna bring in Obama. Yang, we're gonna bring in these established guys who can solve these problems. And then they went so far the other way, right? That like, and it's easy picking with Chelsea, right? But the stuff about like, well, James Madison happens to be 25, so Chelsea never even considered him for part of the rebuild, right? We've all played, you know, you play FIFA, you want the young guys. You're going to go get the 19-year-old out of Belgium. That's what you're going to go do. You're not going to go get the 23-year-old out of, you know, England. Um, so, yeah, there's just no middle to this team. It's all young guys, and then it's Thiago Silva. But there's no middle who's, like, established players. The established players are, like, Conor Gallagher. That's too young and not established enough to be a, quote-unquote, reliable Premier League-level guy. So they just don't have those things right now. Yeah, and I think just maybe to end this on a little bit of positivity, I, I do think to further <laughs> my point kind of on the goal score thing, that's a bit of an anomaly to me. The defense in the midfield looks good to me, Andrew. I yes. will say that. Yep. Like, you look at their results even, I think they kind of show that too. Like the one West Ham game, they gave up three goals, and that was kind of a weird one where they gave up like a late one that was, you know, just while they were selling out trying to get an equalizer. I mean, one or one or zero goals in all the games against. It's just the goals have to start coming to support that midfield and that defense yeah. and the job they're doing. So, yeah, I don't know. Appreciate man. It's, that. it's hell. That's, no, 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 it's, but that's a good I, I outside just, perspective because I'm ready to talk yeah. this team right off a ledge, man. Let me know if it sprinkles stops on being shit. fun with how negative I am. Yeah, I want to get sprinkles <laughs> on shit real quick. So, um, at least something sweet on there. But, um, Hey, they're going to be a story all year long, man. We'll have plenty more rants at this rate. So I, hopefully they'll turn a little more positive yeah. at some point. And, for and we play <laughs> Luton again, you know, like we play him again. It'll be at Luton's place, which will be tough. But, you know, I, I think multiple wins this season. That's as far as I'm willing to go right now. Multiple one <laughs> games for Chelsea. Anything else at this case, at this point seems like a uh, house money like that gravy, Todd Bully will spend on some 18-year-old. from brighton um but speaking of gravy do you want to do a little american american spencer speaking of gravy one of the most american how about that for uh for a transition here buddy i I was very much wondering where that was going at first we're coming up on thanksgiving not too long Uh, from now you're experiencing fall i'm getting second summer down here but you know start thinking about it just just right around the corner we got we got we got gravy, we got turkey, ham is far superior, but we'll have turkey, you know, it's a whole thing. But uh do you wanna do it? You wanna go first or second, buddy? I got my American and my Americant ready to go. Back by popular demand this this segment. Shout out Megan. Sure. I can uh run mine through real quick. I've got they they both kind of correlate. Um, look, football season, like we said, enamored with football over here. It's a great thing. Me and Andrew, we play fantasy Any football in the same football. league together. Yeah, give me all of it. Um, So playing fantasy football this year, right? Um, I have this thing, right, where I'm just convinced at some point I'm just going to have to be the guy that just, like, drafts Justin Tucker in, like, the fourth round because I (laughs) am American. I'm American outing fucking every American kicker 
that ever plays for my fantasy team. So like, you know, your boy, Greg Joseph's in there. Um, Jake Sanders is in there last week for me. All these guys get on my team and they miss two field goals and like kick one extra point when I put them in. I don't know how I do it. I go through like 15 kickers a year. I'm over all of them. So kick all of them out and I'm (laughs) to replace them. I'm going to American just, just bring me like 15 soccer players that fucking can kick like give me Ederson. Ederson is American and go kick for the fucking on your part time. Like if city don't play on Sunday, just go kick for the fucking Miami dolphins or something. <laughs> Cause I need points. I'm tired. Hey, of this. I, I agree. Like you watch what these guys can do with a round ball and you just think like, we can't get anybody to kick this oblong one. That's designed to float through the air. Like I get even more annoyed with like onside kicks once they've completely nerfed, but it's like, you're telling me you can't get somebody to make this thing bounce like half the time, like bounce the right way so that you can get that big hop and maybe somebody runs underneath it or something like that. Um, oh, you know what I'm talking I, about, that big hop. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but like I've got a the question same way, you. like Finish your point. If, you, if you've ever seen, uh, I think of it as like Steve Young, but a bunch of people do it, where they bounce the football on the ground like a basketball, right? They just have so much control and like knowing of the ball. It's like if I throw it right here, It'll hit the ground perfectly and come right back up to me. And it's an mm-hmm. oblong shape, so it's very impressive. It's like, we got dudes doing that, and we can't get some dude to kick the ball 10 yards and land on it. Like, we can't scheme that up. We can't have 30 different ways to do this. Like, I know the rule. I know the rules are what's making that difficult, right, with how many people you can have on the side of the ball and that kind of thing. But I agree. Complete frustration. I'm with you. 100%. I hate guaranteed. them all. It's literally Justin Tucker and a bunch of bums. So, except for uh, Mizzou's kicker kicked a sixty-one yard field goal to win the game over Kansas yes, State over the weekend. That was awesome. That guy rules. That was a um, so, him and Justin Tucker. That's it. That's the only two kickers I like, I guess. But um, quickly, just before we get on a whole tangent, the onside kick you mentioned, like you are, I think I just got by your sense. You're a bounce guy. You, like this new, like put the ball on its side and like kick the little squibbler that goes barely ten yards. <laughs> Fuck that. That is yep. such bullshit. I hate it. It's maybe me, me and uh, Brandon, if we talked like we were just talking about, we were watching football. We saw a team line up for a kick like that. And I'm like, there's no way they're recovering that. That's the dumbest onside. <laughs> How would that Give me the crazy happen? bounce? Yeah. Like, I, like I, what I, I want to do is be like, show me one time it worked and maybe we'll even try it in practice. You show right. me another team I, it, doing what we're doing, or you show me video evidence that no one's ever tried it before. And then I'm in. Mm-hmm. Right. You get to try it twice. You get to try it once, and you better kick it right the first time, and you better try it a second time, and that better be out of necessity too. But after the second time, can, we're done. Figure it out. You'll you'll know. Am I mistaken? Did like the Vikes tried that at the yep. end of the game last week, didn't they? They did the big bouncer. Yeah. I respected it so much. It was awesome. It almost worked. It was great. Um, do that every time. If you kick it sideways, you're a bitch. And um, that's okay because they're all bitches. They need to go away. I'm ready for Ederson or the Harry Kane experiment of he wants to kick. I already made him an honorary American, though, so he's already allowed to do it. But give me Ederson, (laughs) so I guess we have two kickers I like. But, yeah, kickers. Fuck them all. Get out. Bring me new ones that aren't American that know how to kick balls. And you're American, sir. No, that was it. That's kickers are out. We're rolling it all into one. We're bringing Oh, yeah, American kickers are out. My foreign kickers who kick soccer balls learn how to kick this oblong one and make me like somebody that's and, a kicker so I can get more than a, three points every week. In a, in a similar mention, it's so hard to watch these guys that are like world-class soccer players shoot a basketball 
it's the worst thing in the whole world because oh, it's, it's not their sport. You know what I mean? Like, I can only imagine like what them taking a hack with like a baseball bat would look like if they didn't play like cricket or something stupid growing up. Um, like an athlete that has no idea about other sports is always one of my favorite things. Like, yeah. oh, for social media, we'll get we'll get a couple of the Bulls guys here to do, you know, home run derby on the White Sox field. And like Zach Levine swing, beautiful, right? You get like an equally talented world-class athlete from soccer and be like, hey, we need you to put this ball in this hoop. It's 10 feet off the ground. And they're like, can I kick it? And they're like, no, you, you can't actually. Use your arms. They're like, ah, ooh. Yeah, it's always so bad. It Um, is funny. Factually, I I will say, factually, this whole thing probably doesn't make sense. It probably wouldn't work. Um, But I'm just frustrated with kickers, so I don't know. Fuck them, man. (laughs) My American Americans, um, I'm going to nominate for something I'm kind of thinking of calling like the American Hall of Fame. And this is just making sure that we get our one of it's like. It's almost for like an under-recognized American, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of promoting one of these horrible foreigners to, right, the the acclaim of being an American, I want to put this American up there as one of the best Americans we have. Julie Ertz is playing her final women's soccer game as we speak tonight. She's doing her testimonial, retiring, uh, not able to ride off into the sunset, but just one of my favorite players to watch um, with the women's national team, because she's one as a, she's like a, like a big CDM, right? So you want to think of like kind of a Rodri, like prime Casemiro, just like good enough to take, just be bigger than you and take the ball off you, but also like fun going forward, right? Like, okay, corner kick, make sure some, make sure like three people are going guarding Julie Ertz or she's going to get to the ball and get there first and score. Um, and it's her last game tonight, man. She came back uh, from having a kid to play in the World Cup, which didn't go how we wanted. So I don't. I feel like a lot of that group. She's kind of one of the last ones of that like really good group of uh, Megan Rapino, Julie Ertz, Alex Morgan's kind of the last one I can think of off the top of my head hanging on here. Um, excuse me if I'm forgetting a couple people, but just making sure Julie Ertz gets her, you know, gets her flowers here, right? Um, Shout out Julia. It's American Hall of Famer. Um, our first one, our, inaugu- our inaugural American we'd like to bring to an even higher level. Julia, we did it. Love it, Andrew. Um, love it. Love it. You know, like we, we've said in the past, we've jokes were like a right wing podcast. So anti-immigration, just make an American our American. So I, <laughs> I, I was skeptical when you told me it was an American. I was giving you a little bit of the eyebrow, but no, I love it. I yeah. love it. She's legend of the game there's a recognition and yeah seriously and like she is married to zach ertz for those of you who are listening and wondering like isn't ertz like a football name so selfishly like i mean those kids be looking out for them to dominate either your you know premier league or fantasy football fantasy team in about it gotta be 18 years here there's so like the genes in that one are crazy but um in her own career right it's kind of easy to be like like you look it up and it's like oh is zach ertz related to julie ertz or or julie ertz related to zach ertz it's like on her own merit she's a better athlete right i'll say it right now congratulations on being a fine fantasy football tight end but i hope your kids don't even get your athletic genes let's go julie dominate 
Um, yeah, between between those kids and like the the Watt kids, we're we're gonna have some crazy athletes <laughs> before too long. But um, yeah, shout out to shout out to I think it's Kalia. I think is is his yeah. last name who played for the Houston Dynamo or Houston Dash. I apologize, um, but had a good little career there too, and now he's uh, in charge of Burnley or in charge of Burnley owns part of Burnley, which is a very funny thing for a defensive guy to do. Um, my Americant, and I. To bring us down on one final woe is me. Um, I, it, it, this is, I think, maybe the most un-American thing we've talked about on this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It's the NFL rule of fumbling out of the end zone, being a touchback, and get ball given to the defensive team. Now, of course, this comes from Justin Jefferson diving for the pylon, losing the ball just by, you know, couldn't have been closer. And it's ruled a fumble out of the back of the end zone. In what other scenario, like how, how is that the rule? You fumble out of the back of the end zone or out of the side of the end zone in this case, and it's ruled, it's just the defense just gets the ball. Like that's the equivalent of like kids playing at recess and someone gets up to the goal line and they just just go give it to him so we can play offense again. It's quitter bullshit in football. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the defense can have the ball now because they tried so hard. Like if you look at that that play, the defense doesn't do anything to deserve the ball, right? Even on like bad interceptions, right? The ball pops up in the air, right? Quarterback throws it. The defense has to do something and make a play, right? One of the hardest things in football to do is make a play. And now we have this rule that's just Oh, okay. Well, the offensive player dived for the pylon trying to make a play, and now the defense is rewarded the ball through no like you have to do and football's football's about earning something, right? You like things aren't like given to you, right? You kind of have to go and do them. And then you just have this one rule that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the rules of football. I don't know. Maybe I'm I, I would I would ship it off as some European like, well, it's nice that everybody gets a chance to share. I think uh I think maybe the other team gets it now. What do you think? They tried so hard. It's like, this rule doesn't make any sense with the rest of the rules of football, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And I know it, you know, it comes from the Vikings game. So it's a soft subject. Maybe I'm misreading it, but get that shit out of my game. Get that shit out of here. So just, just to wrap this up, um, (laughs) I, I agree with you that, like the rule in principle doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? It should be, if anything, maybe it's the ball back to the 20 or something for the offense. Fine. I could agree with something like that. Even it's sure. like losing possession seems kind of crazy. Cause if you fumble it anywhere else, you just get the ball, right? You there, just retain you know? the ball, like if they, right? Don't if give you fumble the ball out. At, yeah. If you fumble the ball out at the one, they just get the ball at the one. Uh, I, yep. I know there's like weird, can't advance the ball on a fumble type weird rules that come in late in the game. Um, also on American, but so go on. Not so the focus. I, I understand uh, certainly, and I have sympathy for the rule sucking. It would suck to happen to your team. That said, I do have to say, as like a fan standpoint, whoa, it sucks for you, but it's it's kind of fun when it happens because it's like only no, happens but, like, but but fun when it happens. Sorry, I'm not going to cut you off, but uh, I'm, I'm just saying disagree. it only happens like. T- two maybe three times a year and it's one of those people weird don't get murdered that often why are we putting people in jail <laughs> statistically you'll probably never get murdered so if someone shoots you they should be fine 
look, look, I Spencer. it's 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 a shitty rule, but it's there are just some shitty rules in football. There That's are some okay. shitty rules in football that just randomly happen, and it's like fun to be on your couch because I was watching this and um I turned to my friend like right when it happened, we both turned to each other like at the end zone. That's a that's a touchback. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna lose yep. the ball. It's fun. Well, it's one of those fun thing. things that just happens. But like it's fun the like a sucks. trivia. No, hold on. But it's fun like a trivia question you know the answer to when the yes. category is something you're not good at, right? I was playing trivia Monday night when Nick Chubb got his knee destroyed. And I knew the answer to a science question. I was like, oh, science, chlorophyll. I, I know it, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, those things now, are fun. Grant, it was fun, but it was unexpected, and it didn't make a lot of sense. We had a literal chemist in the group who also knew the answer. So we weren't not getting that point. We were getting that point. But because mm-hmm. I was, oh, I know it, chlorophyll. That's not That's not legitimate right it was fun Mm -hmm. because it was unexpected and didn't really make any sense for me to know a science question right right just because it's fun that like i I even like calling it fun is crazy um it's fun in just a way because it's unexpected and because you know the answer and the answer doesn't make sense that's why it's fun that's why you felt like oh i get a little i i'm smart i know the answer to this it's an obscure football rule right like you would get the same feeling explaining offsides to someone who doesn't watch any soccer. Yeah. Uh, honestly, selfishly, like the crux of me finding this fun, Andrew, is just that it um, justifies me watching the obscene amount of football I watch every week where I'm like, I knew the rule <laughs> before the announcers even knew it. Like sometimes that happens during a game. Like, does that ever happen to you? And you're like, you see something happen and you're like, that's this or something. And the announcers yeah. are kind of confused and they don't, they haven't figured it out yet. And you're like, I'm fucking smarter than you. I could do your my, job. My, Pay me the, the favorite version. Ex- exactly. My favorite version of that is when they say the wrong player's name. Right. And you're like, that's yeah. not John. That's Edwards. Guys doesn't know anything about our defensive tackle rotation in the third quarter. And that guy, barely guy doesn't even know ball. Guy doesn't know ball. It's fun to know ball. Knowing ball yeah, should be that. something you understand on a personal level right? Mm -hmm. It's a game of inches, right? You got to grind every yard. I'm going to paraphrase another good quote there, right? You got to get, you got to want to die for those inches. Unless, you know, someone happens to drop the ball and you have nothing to do with it. And now the Eagles just have the ball. La-di-da on the 20. Like they earned it. They didn't. They didn't. They have to nerf that. And they got to, they got to make, make onside kicks fun again. If that, if that's those. Just kickoffs in general. No, I don't even miss kickoffs to be honest. It oh, was a I crutch do. For the Bears, no, it's just a crutch for the Bears to feel like. Oh, come on! You had Cordero for a while. That was fun. You want to? I mean, sure. He also did most of that work for other teams, including yours. So, I'm just going to call kick returns in general a lame crutch that bad offenses use. And I know that that's not true, but you guys like to prop like prop yourselves I up feel with attacked. that. As, well, you still had the Rams at this point, so I don't think you actually get to feel attacked. Yeah, I don't know if I Isaac ever watched Bruce them. Bruce was a fine bad. player. <laughs> Can I calm you by saying Ricky Prohl is fine? Um, by just naming an obscure Rams receiver, I think we're going to – There you go, chubbing me up again, bit. dude. Hey, hey, look, I got you. You know, Greg Wilkins was a tight end or a D, D end, one of those two. Um, but, you know, so that's my rant. Make football make sense again. Make kickoffs fun. Onside kick should be possible, right? But, you know, just hand the ball to the Eagles. They 
put their uniforms on today. So they did it. Yay. Well, it's the participation award of the NFL. The defense getting the ball there. I'll agree with you, Andrew. The rule does suck. I probably should be changed selfishly. I like mm-hmm. knowing that I know ball, like we've explained. I, but, but if they change the rules, guess what? We'll get to know a different thing about ball. Someone will be like, oh, that's point. the defense. And you'll be like, oh, actually, now the uh, offense Well, actually, has, the now, new now bylaw we, states. Well, well, actually, the new bylaw says that it will now be an XFL-style 50-yard sprint for the ball between the cornerback and receiver who were involved in the play. No, that's who gets the ball. Oh, okay. That'd be now cool. we're just XFL and we're off the rails, Andrew. We, uh, we, we were never we on the rails. Let's yeah, shut it we, down, we man. rarely let's end get... up. Yeah, there's Thursday Night Football on to go watch now, so let's just continue with our being sickos and watching all the sports Three ever. to three, um, you're missing a kicker fest, an American woo, kicker fest. I hate kickers, so never mind. Might not care to turn it on because fuck <laughs> those guys. Uh, Graham Cano can suck a dick. Um, <laughs> anyway, follow us on Twitter, <laughs> at Fish Fries Pod. Uh, the email, fishfriespod at gmail.com. Send us questions, concerns, comments find a club, all that good stuff. We'd love to answer some of those. Um, Otherwise, uh, I think we're ready to get out of here and um, get back at it next week. Get back into the league this week, and I'm excited for it, Andrew. Yes, sir. Until next time, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll see you then. Take care. See you guys next week.